Welcome to episode 208 of Up for Discussion, the emotionally honest comedy podcast where we take your questions and dish out hot truths and tasty goofs. I'm Tom Zalatni. I'm Adrian Schoen. We've got a special guest joining us in studio once again this week. He is the host of the Hot Goss Podgost. Yes. Oh, nice. And also, cool. <laughs> it's a also fun name. The- and also the producer of Arts and Laughs, which is a monthly comedy show. That it is now, baby. Stand up comedy and art. Give a warm round of applause to Ian McNeil. Hi. Oh, thank you so much. I'm going to cut that part where I blanked. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I've had a long day. Thanks so much for coming. I thought you were giving me a cue of like, okay, this is your turn to talk. I should have just rolled it that. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is the third show I'm recording today, so I'm brain dead. Oh, well, man. you got the right guest for that. Yes. <laughs> oh man. So so yeah, Ian, you uh you and I met kind of in a weird way. Uh I put out a Facebook call looking for guests for my Fraser podcast and our mutual friend DJ Mausner connected us. Oh DJ. That is great. great. And yeah. then uh you came by, recorded a lovely episode of the Fraser podcast with me. Thank you. I noticed that it has the the fewest plays on SoundCloud. <laughs> You know, of all SoundCloud? <laughs> yeah. Like, I did a full audit of the site. I was like, ooh. Ooh. Uh, negative four. You know, <laughs> that happens. <laughs> I'm waiting for that show to one day just suddenly blow up. And, Kelsey Grammer is going to come all over it, and then you're just going to be skyrocketed into fame. Yeah, that would be huge. If he came all over it? Yeah. yeah. That would be really, that'd be a big deal. You could me to it. <laughs> You'd be the bell of the internet. Yeah. Well, <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> Kelsey, we're waiting. Um, but yeah, and and I was just like, wow, Ian was like really lovely. I had no idea that like we, we didn't know each other at all before that like crazy random encounter and then I was like oh man I want a guest for this week we're talking about insecurities who's someone like thoughtful and funny who like has a show coming up that they like might want to promote and then Facebook told me that you have a show the day after this episode comes out and I was like oh that's perfect and that's perfect I'm pretty sure our mutual friend that connected us DJ Mausner will be on the show. Hey. Oh, amazing. She's cool. amazing. She's the best. I don't want to make any promises. Just come by and see <laughs> if it's true. You know who else will be there? Kelsey Grammer. Oh, <laughs> oh my man. God. Just to come all over. <laughs> <laughs> Three minutes in, folks. <laughs> I, I should have say, DJ once did a, a bit at an indie night at Montreal Theater that I will never forget where she had done a bunch of characters and sketch stuff. And then when she ended the night, she stuck her face in a pie and covered it in in just whipped cream. And then she put a candle in her mouth, which she lit, like a little birthday candle. (laughs) And she started singing, happy birthday to me. (laughs) And then started walking up to people, trying to get them to blow out the candle. (laughs) And it was incredible. It was a life-altering experience. <laughs> it was so upsetting. That is magical. It was incredible. It uh, negated everything that I had done <laughs> and knocked it just yeah. out of the park. There, no one can compete with that. No. no. It's done. Comedy is over. DJ wins. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so now that we know that comedy is over and that DJ wins, <laughs> uh, t- let's talk about arts and laughs. What's, uh, what's the premise? What's the pitch? Oh, I just did this off my and I can do it again. Um, you get, I get performers to come to Turbo House and they have prepared art in advance, whether that's a drawing, a painting, a sculpture that they've photographed or they want to bring it in live. I wouldn't recommend that. Pat Gordo brought a mirror and he just made out with himself. Of course he did. That sounds like Pat. <laughs> He brought it in. It's like, is there room for this? I was like, I don't know. What are you going to do? And he said, oh, you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it's very loose. Um, basically, it's a, it's a show that's all about storytelling, trying to get people to try new things. Um, 
you know, when my friend Sasha, who created the show, was first running it, you know, her main piece of advice for performers was like, don't do your usual set because it's not going to work. Like, <laughs> it's hard to retro f- retrofit uh, old jokes to a theme with a visual. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. It, it's just like this wonderful, like, cool, different energy that you get uh, because performers seasoned or inexperienced are all trying something new and the audience can win prizes <laughs> for making art. <laughs> so the audience makes art during the show? That's correct. Yeah. Cool. That's uh, fun. And is it true this is the most that they'll get uh, in response to art? Is a small prize. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes I'll take it home and uh, I'll put it my coffee table has like a little like shelf underneath it, like mm-hmm. a little storage space. So sometimes it's uh, it you know you have the honor of just being on top of an old Vanity Fair, sure, which okay. is how all great art should be displayed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if if art doesn't make it into the bottom half of a coffee table at some point, is it really art? I, I'm just saying that most of art in my life has been a financial negative. <laughs> I had uh, one of my former art teachers from school, um, as opposed to art teachers from not school, uh, tweeted the other day that he feels like his paintings are a steal at $4,000 a piece, but there's still no one buying them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Are they good? They're pretty good. Pretty good. (laughs) I don't have $4,000, so I'm not his target demo. (laughs) If I had $4,000, we'd be in a fully built sound booth right now instead of this thing if you were to scale it down to your budget Mm -hmm. like proportionately you got a print of it sure i'd pay like 40 50 bucks for like a print that i really really want that's pretty good which feels like too much for a print yeah yeah no that's pretty good i would definitely pay that for like i would pay like a hundred for one of his like they're good yeah if four thousand dollars was like a hundred dollars to me i would probably do it yeah because some people it is right yeah exactly Uh, yeah that's disgusting (laughs) (laughs) that's so gross and it's true i know you're right but it just bums me out so much yeah i've met those people and it makes me mad every time we we like finally have people paying to like rent the studio space now that it's like nice and everything and like that's very exciting for me as a person who you know wants to eventually quit his day job and just run a studio for for money um but i'm in this space right now where i'm like i need to be prioritizing putting all of the money that people are paying me for this toward like upkeep of the booth because i spent 20 dollars <laughs> on duct tape this week and the soundproof <laughs> panels are still falling down uh, and like but i also want to like set the money aside and buy tattoos <laughs> You know, it's this it's this real thing where it's like, this is money that I am earning by doing a skill that I have. This is skilled labor money. So I should feel fine just spending this money on myself. But also, I I really feel like I shouldn't. Well, I, I'm going to say that tattoo money is not going to make the difference between your career launch. Or not. <laughs> I mean, many cumulative financial decisions Maybe a problem, yeah. but also that one thing, maybe not not the difference between, you know, that like 200 bucks right. is not going to make you quit your job. Do no. you have any tattoos? I do. I do not. Oh, yeah. I'm the only person in the world, sometimes it feels like, <laughs> that just does not have any tattoos. Definitely the only one in Montreal who is a performing artist. Yeah. I would kind. think so. I can't think of anybody else. Sen- sensitive question. How old are you? 29. Okay. It's yeah. weird, right? I missed my window, <laughs> no, I think. No, 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 no. Because I, I got, I only have one, and I think I got it uh, about that age. So now's your okay. chance. I can't, oh, well, I'll just talk of money. It's like, well, I'm not going to spend it. And I that's why like, you guys should go to Arts and Laughs on the 20th. <laughs> oh, I should say that it's a free show. Oh, oh that's what? not going to help How are you going to get tattoo money? <laughs> <laughs> not going to help. I don't know. I mean, like... I think it's the same thing that we're all kind of going for as performers that like we don't necessarily have to get paid, but like free stuff would be nice too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, all art seems to be a financial negative. Speaking of art as a financial negative. Yeah. Did you we notice how, how quiet I got when you said that? <laughs> <laughs> Just turn my mic off. No, I, I've lived it. <laughs> Oh, God. Guys, welcome to the Cash Corner, the part of the show where we shamelessly ask you to give us money. Nobody feels secure 100% of the time. 
body image, career milestones, relationships, growing older, all these things can make us feel like something's lacking. If you want to feel a little bit better about yourself, why not help out by donating money to us at patreon.com so that, at the very least, you'll know that we're financially secure. If you pledge as little as a dollar a month to us at patreon.com slash up for discussion, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendall, and Candice, Carlea, Thomas, George, Poppy, Jan, Jillian, Killian, Angie, Sarah, Angelica, Will, and Anne. You'll get early access to bonus content, little behind-the-scenes updates, and all kinds of other sweet perks as well. And if you give at least $5 a month, you get to submit the featured question for an episode once per cycle on the show. Today's featured Patreon question comes from Carlea, who says... Talk about your insecurities, which Tom sent me this earlier today. And my reaction to it was, fuck you. And then, <laughs> uh, and then uh, my next reaction was, well, it's not a question about cookies or food. So I and I was like, oh, my God, thank you so, so, so much. Yeah. And um, not, not that I'm disparaging those kinds of things, but it is supposed to be an emotionally honest mm-hmm. uh, podcast. And my initial reaction of fuck off is very much tied to like you've challenged me in a way that I am uncomfortable with, which mm-hmm. is the point of the show. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I feel that. Like, as much as I love, you know, talking about what pasta shape is best, (laughs) it's definitely a a little bit more on brand and a little bit more, like, interesting to to go into the things that, like, yeah, I mean, talking about your insecurities is hard, right? Mm -hmm. Like, the reason that your first response is fuck you is because, like, you don't want to talk about (laughs) things you're insecure about. That's what it means to be insecure about something. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it hit a nerve and I because I don't consider myself an insecure person. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, my entire life is defined by insecurity. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Yeah. In greater detail, please. I'm listening. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I don't think it's an unusual thing of like, even as a little kid that I, you know, somebody's like, oh, she likes soup. Let's get her soup. And I'm like, fuck off. I'm, I, I like more things. I have more depth than soup. You know, like, and I'm eight. You know, like, I'm, no. Um, I like bits. <laughs> I like stews. Come on. Never met a borscht I couldn't handle. <laughs> and, you know, like, I, I had very severe, like, social anxiety in high school and things like that. And I was like, well, fuck off insecurity. And so, like, I became a tour guide because I wanted to be able to talk to people. And, uh, like, so many things that I've done, I've done in reaction because I recognized it as a weakness in myself and mm. just was like, fuck you. And I just tackled it as, as something to, um, you know, like, I'm not athletic, so well, screw you, I'll do parkour. Like, (laughs) maybe a a bit on the extreme end (laughs) of of, uh, rebelliousness and that that sake. And I I think that I'm less of an insecure person because I actively really tried to tackle those things that made me uncomfortable. Hmm. Um, But, like, I I would say, you know, growing up as a, a girl, especially, like, in the 80s, 90s, uh, there's a lot of, you know, body issues and I, I'm not, um, mm, like I don't dress well. I don't, <laughs> I don't wear makeup. I don't really present myself like in a way that I'm really self-conscious about it. But at the same time, I was obsessed with this idea and I had mm. my hot ears in college where I just like, I'm just cut down to like no calories a day and work out oh, three hours no. a day. And I had my hot period and I had that moment in the sun <laughs> of knowing what that was. But at the cost of your health, it sounds like. Yeah. Well, I, I I don't know that I was like that severe, but it was probably slightly unhealthy. Like right. I'm sure there are people who obtain that kind of physique and that look because of another passion that they really wanted to be, you know, athletic. They were really, you know, dedicated to a sport. Mm. And I did it purely through (laughs) (laughs) self-hatred right Um, but I I kind of had that experience and I'm glad I had that experience but also as an adult I get older and shit goes you know just to hell Mm -hmm. and you know like I do find myself like struggling with that identity of like oh man my pants don't fit like can I deal with the fact that I'm going to have to buy bigger pants because right. the ones that I have all have holes in them because they're too small, which I did this weekend. 
because I had no pants left to right. wear to work. Uh, <laughs> so, like, you know, that kind of vanity does, mm. you know, come through. It's stuff that is still have to work through but yeah. at the same time that self-loathing also you know creates uh that drive mm. to be better and not to be complacent right yeah i mean from, from the sounds of it you you frequently like as a kid got into the habit of doing things almost out of defiance <laughs> <laughs> and then brought that forward into like that that sounds like it kind of manifested into a form of anxiety right where like you it, it, you feel like you need to <laughs> That's true, but like I was defiant in the most like pleasant way. Sure. Like I I wanted to be defiant to please people. Like right. I'm not this fucking thing. I'm going to be this fucking thing that people like. You right. know, and and that might not have been the mainstream idea of what was, you know, but like I, you know, I I think I grew up very close to my older brother and I was kind of bullied at school, so I was probably a very lonely child. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, no, you don't like NSYNC. You, you like Metallica, you know? <laughs> and so like I got rewarded in a way that was very, uh, you know, contrary to maybe what was expected. Mm. And so it was very comfortable not being in the mainstream. Like in high school, everybody's, you know, watching like MTV and I'm watching AMC Fred Astaire, you know, movies. Cause right. it, that's, I don't know because I, I like TV on Sundays and I Love Lucy came on after cartoons and I just like focused on that world. Um, so I was never uncomfortable with being kind of off book, but at mm. the same time, I didn't like the idea that I wasn't something that people liked. Right. I, I think I get that. Like there's a, there's something, it's hard to be someone whose interests are not pop culture, right? Because mm-hmm. there's, on the one hand, like you kind of get, to, to you, you can have fun with whatever you're having fun with. You can enjoy whatever media you're enjoying, but you miss out on the sort of social elements of like liking the same show as everyone else. Right. And then you also kind of like potentially seem weird for liking the thing that you like. Mm-hmm. And it's not until much later that like all the things that that you like, I'm always like, it's very cool that Adrian likes these things. <laughs> like that's my perception of you, like you know, as an adult, yeah. is like Adrian likes all this cool shit that like I don't think about, right? <laughs> and occasionally those overlap, and I'm like, oh, Adrian likes this cool thing I know about, cool. But but because you were so counterculture as a kid, you now have this really interesting like vocabulary and this interesting world that you like have for yourself. And so like I would challenge you to like like own that like like yeah. to, to find like a to find some security in in that because that's like not I think a bad I have. thing no no and I I embrace that about myself um like uh like I I'm very glad that I I was defiant in a way that wasn't like I needed to be contrarian right uh, that like I didn't have to be weird for weird's sake, you know, like because that's how you get just sucked into a counterculture that's another mainstream yeah, counterculture. It doesn't mean anything. No, it's <laughs> it's, a, it's a just a different. It's an alternative prepackaged identity. Yeah. yeah. For you to just put on and wear like a mask like everybody else. Right. Right. I'm rebellious, so I'm going to listen to punk rock like everybody else. Um, you know, and so like I, I can be, you know, uh, a lot of things and I'm, I'm comfortable with with those things. But mm. also I think it's it's insecurity is a good thing. It is a driver. It's it's not being complacent. Sure. It's about being afraid of where you might fall down. I do think it's really remarkable that uh, I mean, this is a, like kind of like a big backtrack, but you started by saying that like you recognize these uncomfortable things within you these uncomfortable feelings and you decided to face them head on Mm -hmm. you start you wanted to do something about them yeah where i think like i know i'm this way tom maybe you're the same but like it took me years to actually do something about it like like avoidance is my coping mechanism Mm. for sure (laughs) i hate it so much because i know that there's a problem right but like turning my back or just like getting distracted with other things is just good enough right to like not deal with it now i'll get around to it Mm -hmm. but then it's like i hate my skin i hate (laughs) everything underneath it i hate the it's just this horrible thing that you have to carry around with you but it can't hurt you i will say this about insecurity that it's not it's something that's with you 
but it's not something that can ever do it, do anything to you. You give as much power mm. to it as you, um, as you want. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Maybe not want is the right word, but <laughs> it has as much power as you give it. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you can, you can live with your insecurities or you can work through them, but they don't on their own have the power to destroy you. <laughs> well, here's the thing about <laughs> complacency and like, cause avoidance is number one, like my biggest vice. Like I would rather not do things. Sure. <laughs> uh, but I think my anxiety about stuff was so large. It was, it mm. punched you in the face, like crippling in a way like there's, you got to do something. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I do find that now, especially as I get older, like, (laughs) you know what? Like Netflix is a thing (laughs) and and I can play Candy Crush on my phone Mm -hmm. and I can do a lot of like mildly nothing. Yeah. And mildly nothing turns out to be much more engaging than doing something. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) There's that social economics of like, how bad does shit have to get before I actually like flip the coin and like Mm. go do something. Uh, as opposed to like just being comfortable enough to be like sustain this low level of nothing (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i feel that i think my my coin flip moment where i where i go from like avoiding this thing to addressing what i'm insecure about is like as soon as i feel like it's starting to affect other people Mm -hmm. like because because you can Mm. be insecure about something and like feel like it doesn't really affect anyone else right like like i am a little insecure about like my hair and beard because i i don't take the time to make them look as good as i want to right mm-hmm. and like you don't really think about that right like guaranteed nine out of ten people who look at me don't immediately think tom needs to trim his mustache it's a little too long today or like tom's hair is starting to look kind of bad he should get a haircut but i think these things on a daily basis but they don't affect how i interact with people right Mm -hmm. but if i'm insecure about like you know looking for work right or if i'm insecure about like charging proper rates for like you know (laughs) rental of the space uh that starts to affect my family because then my financial situation is not as good as it would be otherwise. And it's like, okay, well, that makes the difference between eating like rice and beans this week and eating pizza this week. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, (laughs) probably one of those is healthier than the other anyway, but you know what I mean? Like it, it's the kind of thing where if you're insecure about something or, or as soon as I realize that something I'm insecure about is like whether intentionally or not, or whether I've even been aware of it before now or not, if it is sort of sabotaging like my way of life, Mm-hmm. then that's that's the point where I start thinking, okay, I have to actually do something about this. Or if it's preventing you from doing something that you like would love to be doing, right? Right. So I, <clears throat> yeah, I'll get vulnerable here. I dropped out of theater school eight years ago now, which is, <sighs> that feels like not that long ago. Um, and at that point, I kind of felt like there's a very good chance I will never get to do any like, you know, musical theater stuff in my life, which was hard. Cause like that was what I went to theater school to do. And like, I applied to a program that had very little musical theater in, in it. So like, you know, I wouldn't have done much there, but it would have opened up those doors. Right. That seems like a hard thing to let go because like as, as someone who can't sing or dance, <laughs> Fuck, it looks like fun. Yeah. It looks like so much fun. Well, that's it. It's super fun. But I knew like, you know, by quitting, by dropping out of school and like, having to do work I was going to be limiting those options right uh especially just because like I had vocal training I have no dance training apart from what I was going to get in school and it's really hard as an adult like one of my insecurities is that I'm not a great dancer so how am I ever going to get over that right how do you as an adult who's insecure about not being a good dancer start taking dance classes because beginner beginner adult dance classes is probably a room full of people who are extremely insecure about their dance skills um And so I've just, you know, year after year, there have been audition postings for shows that I would love to audition for, you know, like I've had chances to audition for like Hairspray and like, uh, I'm blanking on literally everything else right now. That's weird. Uh, (laughs) um, But the most recent one, uh, someone sent me a casting call for Rent. And Rent is the musical that got me into musicals. Mm -hmm. Rent is like my show and so I said to myself you know what I have been self-sabotaging and like for years I would send in 
applications to audition for things and then bail like a week before the audition and tell them, hey, I just realized this won't work with my schedule. I'm going to have to, you know, cancel on you guys. I don't want to waste your time. So just cancel my audition slide, give it to someone else. And I did this like six or seven times, like literally like at least once a year for the past eight years. And I finally went to an audition last night. I auditioned for rent. Congratulations. (laughs) I have no idea if I'll get it because I had the stomach flu on Friday. And so my voice was completely shot when I went to the audition. But I told them that and they had asked for a video audition beforehand that I sent them before I got the stomach flu. Okay, yeah. (laughs) So we'll see. But there's also a dance portion to the audition. And that's actually, well, that'll have happened already by the time this episode comes out. But it's between now and then, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm nervous about that because I'm insecure about my dancing and like I don't know how that'll go and granted rent's not a super dance heavy show no. if you're like part of the main cast and not there's ensemble. no tap and rent yeah <laughs> well that's it right but it's like i well maybe this version you never know old tap version of rent <laughs> the director threw me off because at the at, so he was the one doing the like vocal audition and i was like so like what should i expect for the dance audition he's like oh it won't be anything too crazy like this isn't a very dance heavy show although depending on who we get for the cast i might add some choreography and i was like no <laughs> don't <laughs> yeah and and so like realizing that all these years I have been making myself kind of low key miserable by denying myself the chance to do this fun thing. Mm-hmm. Cause look at the end of the day, if you get a rehearsal schedule that doesn't work with your schedule, that's, you know, fine. I'm yeah. sh- I'm sure that happens. I'm sure that happens to fucking movie stars. Like they try to do something and they're like, Oh, I have a conflict. Okay. Next time. And like, I think I've been too insecure about like, what if there is no next time? Mm-hmm. that I've just been preventing there from being at this time. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, as somebody who's taught adult beginning dance classes, <laughs> um, most people are terrible. And <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, you, you aren't in an adult beginner class because you're good at it. Right. Um, you're there because you don't know how to do it. And I have taught a lot of people uh, beginning swing classes, Mm. and I would say there was only one person I ever met that I was, not not like you're hopeless, but like, (laughs) calm down. (laughs) Like, you should be able to get through this material, but like, just so wrapped up in Mm. his own head, like just preventing himself from being able to do it. Right. Um, Like, almost everybody's at the same place Mm. you know like they walk in they don't know how to do it you break it down you know like there's nothing that you can't walk into a beginning class and uh be able to like presumably they're good teachers and they they are able to break things down into consumable pieces that you can progress and learn um but definitely like i i see that a lot with people like that perfection is the enemy of um you know just moving forward there's an right. expression that i can't remember how it ends uh the <laughs> perfection is the enemy of good right <laughs> oh yeah and you'll never be good if you just don't try right um yeah well that's it yeah it's yeah. horrible like the that feeling of well i would just want to get it right mm-hmm. hmm. like that impulse is so hard to ignore that like I'd, like i want it to be good right and I don't know. It's so common, this fear of failure that we all kind of share on some levels, like in varying varying degrees. But it like I think about it sometimes and like it really it's ruined my life. Like if if I had just been comfortable with the idea of like failing is how you learn. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Like instead which seems so backwards in terms of schooling. <laughs> right. Like there's so there's so much emphasis put in or like there's so much shame about like being held back a year. Well, right. you should be held back a year because you didn't grasp the con- concepts and right. the second time around with a little bit more attention, you might just be better set for life instead of like, okay, I got a 51. I'm good. <laughs> right. I'm ready to go. Sliding like, by. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It really sucks. It yeah. just, yeah, that's my thing. Fear yeah. failure. Yeah. Cause, and, and the more you go out and just decide that you're going to be an asshole like, and fail, uh, <laughs> like the less intimidating it is. Like yeah. I, I started parkour as a 27-year-old woman, 
And I will tell you, that class is an entirely 16 to 18-year-old boys <laughs> who are super You fit. went to a parkour class? I did. My friends wow. were in that. Okay. I thought you were just jumping up and no, down no, no. things. No, I am not. <laughs> this, is, this is the real deal. I am not physically capable. <laughs> I am not good at it. I took beginner level parkour about eight times <laughs> they would not let me keep taking it they moved me to intermediate because they just were like you can't take this anymore <laughs> and i was in no way capable of doing any of the things <laughs> i am afraid of heights i am hippie i cannot jump over vaults i'm bottom heavy <laughs> I am not good at any of it, <laughs> but I went in there and I I would have beers with the guys and I was friends with the guys. Wait, at the weren't gym. they all sixteen? You can't have beers with them. No, the guys who owned the gym were okay. like twenty two. <laughs> and uh, you know, like, and I had a lot of fun with those guys. But like, I'm clearly the asshole in the group. <laughs> like. Oh, no. But someone's got to be the asshole, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like, you just dive in. And you know what? Like, after a while, there were, like, weird 60, 70-year-old guys in that class. There were other women. You know, like, it it changed over time. And they definitely learned to lower their curriculum to not murder people. Because I remember I was not able to do a pull-up. And so uh, the guy uh, who was teaching the class was like, I'll give you an alternative. And so he hops up on the bar, grabs it, and then he kicks his feet up to kick his hands that are holding the bar. And he jumped down and he's like, just do a few of those. And then I looked at him and I said, what part of me do you think can do that? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, gladly. I would, uh, you know... I could I could have done that a long time ago. I just had never had a reason to. Right. Finally, I've been waiting all this time. Oh. What are, what is the matter with you? Right. So also be able to walk into that situation and say no. <laughs> also a good skill. Ah, wow, it is like it, that story really reminds me of just being at the skate park because I'm a skateboarder and it's like wrecked my my legs for <laughs> the rest of my life. But you know, like you see. More and more, I'm seeing like young girls at the skate park, mm-hmm. and it's just it like there's nothing that makes me more hopeful for the future than like the crusty teens being like, Yeah, that was sick! Like, yeah. all the girls, that's like a four year old girl, she just rode down, down the kicker, which is like you're just learning how to ride at that point, mm-hmm. learn, learning how to stay balanced. But it's like we're all supporting each other. There's no that I remember coming up and just being so scared of ju- people's judgment, especially like the older dudes that had like beer cans just like littered around them, <laughs> covered in tattoos, skater fucking die. Like, like I hate those guys because right. they discouraged a whole generation of people from trying a hobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and like I, yeah, like those little subcultures like that are so supportive and they're mm-hmm. so great. But I, I would see things like, um, you know, there, there was a girl who came in, and so handstand push-ups are uh, a really. I think they're impossible. I've seen people do them, but <laughs> I don't so, think they're for real. some reason. I thought you were going to say easy. No, nope. <laughs> like, I'm off this show. I'm done. <laughs> That's no. it. Here's Benson. <laughs> I, I think they're not real, but I've seen people do them. So I, I don't know. But uh, I remember some like dickwad thirteen-year-old kid telling this girl that she can't do them, and she's like, "No, I'm telling you, I can do them." <laughs> And, you know, he's proven wrong because she can. <laughs> um, and, and it is that nice exchange of like, but it, it's bad for her because it's just that constant like approval and trying to like, yeah. you know, prove yourself and, and doubt and those kind of things. Like I had a 13 year old boy like, it's easy. Just jump over the vault. I'm like, well, you're 10. So shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you don't click and pop getting out of bed. Like. Right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like to see, you know, those, those groups intermingle and be so supportive of each Mm. other is really, really amazing. And for those young boys to be able to look up to, you know, some of the teachers that they had there, uh, one of the girls there was one of the most spectacular gymnasts I've ever seen. Mm. Uh, and she could do a bunch of stuff that I've never been able to see. Like the guys do like, um, there's a thing called a, a lache. So like when you swing, uh, from a bar and then you jump to like 
you swing to another bar like maybe six feet away and so um that that's like kind of a that's a base move that i cannot do um, but sometimes they can swing and they can do a flip and they can grab onto the next bar this girl can do it backwards whoa what oh, that's really? wild i've never seen anybody do that that's some spider-man shit and i'm not here for it yeah <laughs> so you swing backwards and when you reach the peak you backflip you, you let go yeah you backflip and then grab and the bar behind you. Manage. I just broke. You it spent ten thousand dollars on the studio, and I broke it in under fifty minutes. That panel has been slowly falling off the wall since we started talking about this yeah. insecurity thing, and I've just been waiting for it to fall off. Uh, Next up for discussion question: What's the best glue you know? <laughs> Please send it. PO Box two two five eight five Monkland PO. You need to get some Gorilla Glue up in oh, here. Man. Well, Carlea, we hope that answers your question. I hope that whatever you're feeling insecure about, we can... Oh, no. Sorry. Oh, Hang sorry. on. All One right. thing. I don't hope anything for you, Carlea. <laughs> <laughs> we keep saying question. Yeah. It is a command. It is an imperative. <laughs> is. I see no question mark here. Otherwise, like I think it's great content, and I'm happy that you told us to do it but it was it is not a question that's it true. is like dance monkeys dance that's true <laughs> bear your souls make me feel better about my life carly i hope you don't feel insecure about your question asking abilities uh, but maybe you should <laughs> and i hope that get it get it point, edit point. <laughs> for, for everyone listening i hope that whatever you are feeling insecure about um you find ways to overcome it even in tiny ways or just sort of own it yeah just tell the world to fuck it and work harder hi i'm mel and i'm sass and we're the host of the last stretch a sports podcast it's a podcast where we're going to talk about well sports specifically what we do look at is what makes an athlete be the best that they can be so not only do we talk to some athletes but we talk to the people behind the athletes from trainers to sports psychologists you name it we're going to talk about it we're going to talk about other issues revolving sports as well hot button issues like concussions maybe doping give us a listen find us wherever you get your podcasts hey you do you make stuff or want to make stuff Are you having a bit of a time finding a space that fits all your functional needs? Well, good news for you, friend. That's because friend of the show, good boy George Poppy, is trying to figure all that shit out for you by creating a collaborative workspace for all your assorted production needs. Check out chaos.co, K-H-A-O-Z dot co. Fill out the form and let George know exactly what you've got going on that best suits your production needs. Let's make stuff, but you know, collaboratively, because only together can we save enough money to have a popper's dinner at Burger King. Chaos.co, K-H-A-O-Z dot co. I'm Julian McKenzie, co-host of the Scrum Podcast, a sports show I'm doing with my podcasting partner in crime, Tristan Damore, on the UpFord Network. Every week, we analyze something different from the Canadian sports media landscape. Lack of diversity, getting a job in the field, coverage of different sports, and answering some of the harder questions. Through a combination of back-and-forth discussion and high-profile guest interviews, we're aiming to figure out exactly what's up in the world of sports. Find us wherever podcasts are sold. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, Message in a Bottle, Morse Code, Telegram, Singing Telegram, Target, Walgreens, Bird's Nest, Dad Shed, uh, and a crowded convention center bathroom. So we've got about 10 minutes left. We're going to dive into the turtle's butt. Let's do it. All right. For some turtle butt diving. Yeah. Very much so. Do we want Ian to have the honors? I think we do. So so we've got this turtle. He's got a butt full of questions from uh, past guests. $1 $1 patrons, uh, and also some people that we met at PodCon, so there's all sorts of stuff. I very much hope you can read, otherwise this is going to be very embarrassing. Oh god, are you literate? <laughs> we didn't ask. When I Facebook messaged you <laughs> inviting you to the show. Maybe he has them all read out loud. That's that's true, that was a big assumption. Squiggly line, squiggly line, squiggly line. Uh, no, this is from Safia Ahmad. Cool, past guest of the show. If you had to be an athlete of any sport, which sport would it be and why? Ooh. So parkour. <laughs> I'm going to go dressage. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Wait, elegant. Is that actual horses or is that the one with hobby horses? How dare you? I think that's Quidditch. <laughs> no, you don't know. No, about... it's actual horses. Okay, good. What is? What are you talking you about? You don't know about hobby horses? Is this a fetish thing? 
<laughs> I mean, yes, but also a spoiler. The, yeah, it's more of like a clear your history type thing. <laughs> This is like that, that uh, competitive tickling, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Something they lure oh. you into and then they put on the internet. <laughs> That's a documentary, right? It Tickle? is. I, yeah, I remember wanting to see it. Oh, <laughs> it's upsetting. Oh, God. Um, dressage is awesome, though. I do I do love me some horseplay. <laughs> you do. I, I know you do. And you take that. Was that a pun? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you and your weird horse fetish. <laughs> I think that's the most confrontational I've ever asked. Is that a pun? <laughs> I'll tell you, dressage is battle moves, so meh. Actually, is that yeah. real? Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's the idea like that they can jump straight up or trample or like uh, make... right. that makes yeah. a lot more sense than my theory, which is rich people have gone mad. <laughs> that that plays into it. <laughs> I think there was a second phase to a dressage in which that is the answer. But it's like, you know uh, how poodles have stupid haircuts? It's because yeah. they're hunting dogs. And the little balls on their joints is to keep them warm. Hmm. Ah, That's kind of nice. Okay. So they can run through rivers and stuff and stay clean, but their joints stay warm. So I was going to say Major League Baseball because I like baseball, but... Then I remembered, because of you, that horse sports exist. <laughs> and so I'm just going to say horse sports, because <laughs> then you get to do sports with horses. <laughs> Is there horse baseball? <laughs> they catch it. I'm sure Mr. Ed handled it. <laughs> I'm sure I saw that episode. Oh, man. Yeah, I would, I would do a horse sport or a baseball. Yeah. I think I, I would honestly, like anything that's like a solo sport, I'm not mm. good at team sports because mm. then everybody gets mad at you when you fuck up. So like yeah. a tennis or a golf? Oh, no. It's got to be something you compete against yourself. Ah, okay. Uh, I see. Like a racing or track or... A... Time trials. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something where you're just physically like self-masturbating yourself to get a better time. <laughs> so no horses Well, that was quick. <laughs> I came in under three seconds. But yeah, no, anything with a team, I'm out. <laughs> I feel the exact opposite. I would love to be a pro skater on like a sick team with like a sick crew. But also, but that's like my summer thing. And during the winter, I play in the NBA. Okay. Oh, okay. But when you... Uh, Just throw in no look passes right out of bounds. <laughs> <laughs> and they like have to let you do it. <laughs> everybody, everybody on their feet applauding. Go! But it, <laughs> you can hear the defeated, like contractually obligated fan. Like, oh. A serious question, though. Like, yeah, please. In, in, uh, if you're on a team skating team, is it collaborative or do you all compete independently and then as like a total, you're a team? Well, I think the, for me, what I've always liked about skateboard media and then like the act of doing it is the the friendships that you make yeah and so like if i if i do a trick i'll be happy but if my friend miles does a trick right after me i'll be even happier like it just like it the energy builds it's like watching i would liken it to maybe improv like how do i relate Hmm. to you i don't know i like that (laughs) (laughs) i like that though like that i like that you get to be on a team but also like you don't fuck it up for the other person yeah Yeah, it's not it's not competitive it's just well it's the competition lies in uh pushing each other to reach new individual heights Mm -hmm. is how i would characterize it i like that yeah oh you know what i would do mma yeah. Oh my God! So violent. <laughs> I would do horse is... MMA. <laughs> I would do horse therapy after MMA. <laughs> we got time for one more turtleback question. Okay, one more. Ooh, it's question. a big yeah, These boy. are fun. It is a big one. Oh Jesus! Uh, they know do we how... have time? Yeah, yeah, we <laughs> they... do. If you if we can read through it, do you want me to do this one? No, no, no. Right. He's so concerned because I'm so bad at cold reading uh, that he's trying to take it away from me. But fuck off, I can do it. Yes, there we go. <laughs> the breakthrough. <laughs> Watch me fuck this up. Raffle winner Allie Rayner asks, Hi guys, I'm Allie Rayner from the I'm Horrified Pork Podcast. <laughs> Jesus H. Not a question. <laughs> <laughs> so naturally, my question is this. Uh, okay, is, is Allie. Wait for it. Please forgive me. What horrifies you? Would love to hear as many silly, serious, meta, or absurd answers you have for that. 
Also, I'll be endlessly grateful if you could quickly plug us as well. We're I'm Horrified. We cover two horrifying topics every Monday on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're, you get your podcasts. Visit our w- website. At, I'm really just <laughs> plugging this now, <laughs> I, I, whether I want to or not, <laughs> at I'mHorrifiedPodcast.com, or follow us on Twitter at I'm at I'mHorrifiedPod. Cool. Uh, so that so, sounds like a good show. Yeah, it does sound fun. Yeah, I uh, I met Allie at uh, PodCon and she signed up for our raffle that we were doing for you know raffle prizes. Um, yeah, their their show sounds very cool. Yeah, it's yeah. a cool cool premise. Yeah. So, so what horrifies? Who you? wants to go first? <laughs> I'm sure it's all my insecurity. I'll be yeah, found out as a fraud. Uh, <laughs> I'm that's not actually that's what I was thinking. Oh yeah. When I was when I got this question, my first thought was that oh god. I'm horrified that someone might think I'm a fraud. I mean, imposter syndrome is everybody, yeah. I think. Um, and, and doubly so, I think, for women in general. Hmm. Um, especially, like, I am a baby-faced woman. Uh, so uh, most people don't think I'm as old as I am, uh, which sounds like a nice thing. But also, like, it's just underestimated as, like, you're a child that doesn't understand words. Uh, you can't uh. even do a headstand push-up. <laughs> right. So it's a lot of time, like, combating, like, no, I think I know some things, but also, do I know things? <laughs> and that's a, that's a tough one. But I think that's pretty universal of anybody who's... And it turns out most people are stupid, so... <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I think I'm horrified at the idea that one day I will meet a horse, and I won't like it. <laughs> Have you never met a horse? I've met horses, but I've always liked them. Okay. And I feel like it would be really crushing to one day meet a horse I didn't like. One dick horse really ruins the whole mm, thing. Yeah, one horse dick really ruins the whole thing, too, depending. <laughs> well, horse dicks are terrifying. I was going to say home invasion. <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine being asleep peacefully in your home and then you just hear the door open and then there's a gun in your face oh, yeah, yeah. Right. but you know maybe a horse is mean to me <laughs> that's scary too it's so sweet like it's like it, i really don't mean to be cruel but it's like it's so nice that that's where your mind went <laughs> yeah, no. i mean like i have that fear that somebody's gonna push me into the subway uh, and kill me. Uh, I'm gonna die something stupid, just like I had two drinks and then I fell off a curb and got hit by a bus. Oh, oh just constant that barrage would, of fear. Bad. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes I worry that like I'm gonna grow up to disappoint my children, or like maybe I'll like lose a limb in a tragic accident, or maybe like a horse won't be nice to me. <laughs> It's not even that the horse isn't nice. It's just that I don't like it. It's that this fundamental part of my brand that I like horses will be shattered by meeting one horse that's just okay. I recommend you never meet a miniature horse because you think they'll be cute, but they're assholes. Oh, no. No, they're, they're, uh, I, I have a theory that when they compress animals down to smaller forms, that they just become dicks, like little piranha. Because, sure. min- like, dwarf hamsters, evil. <laughs> and Small mini- dogs, too. Really yeah. bad temperaments. No, it's just like inbreeding enough, they just flip a switch and, like, I'm small and cute, but I want you to die. <laughs> I don't have the capabilities of doing it, but I'll fuck you up the way I can. <laughs> I'll make a lot of noise. Right? Like, oh, please shut up. But yeah, miniature, that could kill me. Your horses could be really dicks. I have a theory on teacup pigs. No, mm-hmm. they're just baby pigs, and people throw them away. <laughs> oh no, that might be true. And then, like and that, I understand why they're dicks because they're being abandoned. <laughs> I mean, they had a good life up till that point. I mean, still better than like bacon. <laughs> oh God! One one more horrifying thing for me. Um, speaking of small animals, I saw this video in my Twitter feed um, that like looked like it was like a close up of hair, like thick hair, and then they poked it, and it was just daddy long legs spiders. It was just thousands of them in a cluster, and they all just started pouring out. And I want to die. <laughs> I have seen block <laughs> is what I would do. There's a whole sector of like Reddit that 
you know, you just introduced to things that you didn't know existed. Oh my and now god! You're it's upset. like a Cronenberg movie waiting <laughs> to happen. It's all. It's like how does how does Condé Nast, like a huge media company, own this site with all the the bad shit that goes on here? Like how how do you not see a doctor before like what inevitably happens happens? <laughs> <laughs> like when somebody explodes two gallons of pus out of their bed. Uh, like, uh, how did you uh, get to that state? Did you wake up with that? <laughs> well, that feels like a good place for us to end the show this week, you guys. <laughs> I, here, I, I fear the safety net that is in my life that would allow that to happen. <laughs> Just dropping away. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, oh man. Wow. Well, if you guys like this episode, consider supporting us on Patreon. Uh, for as little as a dollar, you can force us to talk about something in the turtle's butt. For as little as five dollars, we'll spend a whole half an episode on it. So you've got power. We also have merch. Uh, you can click the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends over at Tee Public. And our merch is on sale from February 20th to 24th, so you can get it for 30% off. You can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. Uh, and by sharing this episode with a friend who um, has a cyst on their back. It's <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> so weirdly specific. Let's let's get that. You gotta get that pus out of there. They need to hear this. <laughs> Share this with the nicest horse you know. <laughs> keep telling you, Tom, do not share goodness. it with people that and things that cannot share back. Hey, the nicest horse that you know would probably share back. Check out this podcast. Clomp. <laughs> shattered screen. Their hooves do not receive the touch sensitive oh, screens. That's such a sad thought. What if a horse like what if a horse that trained itself to be really really gentle so that it could use a touch screen and then the first time it tried it realized it couldn't conduct. That's sad. But I think with the soft touch like that, that's a dressage. <laughs> hey, hang on, let me take it again. We're still rolling, right? That is a dressage champ in the making. That is true. But yeah, that oh, is true. It. Beautiful. And also, read. you're much more upset by a horse not being able to use a phone than you are than the idea that small pigs are thrown away. <laughs> I just like to mark that. I just figure if you throw a pig in a trash can, it's going to have a good time in there for at least a little while, right? Fair enough. <laughs> Oh man! You can follow the show on Twitter at Down with Talking and each of us individually. I'm at Tom Zalatni. I'm at Boxless Thoughts. At Shaq McNeil. Uh, does anyone have anything to plug? Bearing in mind this comes out on February 19th. Uh, come down to Turbo House uh, tonight. T- tomorrow night, uh, <laughs> February 20th. Both. Uh, yeah, just come. Just and uh, keep your eyes open for my massive film project that I'm so glad you invited me here because I got to step away from it for a while and have just laugh and have fun. Awesome. Yeah, it's been really fun having you. Well, special thanks to Crackers and Jam for letting us use the title track off their EP, Benson, as our theme music. You can find all their music uh, for sale at crackersandjam.bandcap.com. This show is produced and edited by me, Tom Zalatni, for the Upford Network. You can find out about all our great shows at upfordnetwork.com. He's gonna see you up. Yeah, he's come to see you. Oh, I say now, Benson, ja, Benson, Joe. Benson, ja, Benson, ja, Benson, ja, Benson, ja, Benson, ja, Benson, ja.